there's not one bad college basketball environment in in the Big Twelve. And no, it's you fun. Look at, you look at the ACC now, and it's like, dude, you go to a you look at a Boston college oh. game. It looks like one of my fucking comedy shows. There's like 12 people there, right? <laughs> it, it, right? You, you go one yeah. by one. You go one by one. There's a lot of dull environments. The Miami Hurricanes haven't been able to bring people in for football or basketball. I don't know how that's possible yeah. with the talent they have, but the Big 12 has been unbelievable, and, and I can't wait to see who wins it. I kind of think Kansas is going to be that team, unfortunately. I was, I was hoping for your Cowboys to beat them the other night, man. I was on them. It just it. Didn't, it just didn't work out. Aren't you about tired of listening to sports shows with all the woke bullshit? So are we. This is Patriot Sports Radio. Patriot Sports Radio. Fed up with the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media. If it's sports from the high school level to the pros, we're talking about it like the red-blooded Americans we are. God bless America. God bless America. God bless America. Let's do this. And now, here's Eric, Angela, John, Chris, and the coach. Welcome back, my friends. If you're new, then welcome in Patriot Sports Radio. My name is Eric. I'm your host. Glad to have you with us. And thank you for those reviews. No time to talk reviews tonight. We have much to discuss. Brought a couple stories, but we're going 90% sports on this one. Chris is here as always, shoveling coal in the engine, doing what needs to be done. John and Coach are here as well. This is where I say, but not only that, because we have company. Joining us tonight, the bad boy of YouTube. He was recently banned for using Hulk Hogan's walk-up music. This guy's forgotten more about college hoops than I'll ever learn. He walks around with the Ken Palm ratings in his head, the updated ones. You may know him from the College Experience Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Ever heard of it? They call him Pick Dundee Colby Dant. Welcome to Patriot Sports Radio. Thanks for hanging out with us. Appreciate it. And I, look, one of the things I'm most proud of is being banned by Russia. <laughs> Absolutely. Anytime you get under a Russian skin, you're doing the right thing. I like thing. this guy already. What is the origin story of the name Pick Dundee? This I've wondered for a long time. I think it was just a drunk, uh, drunk college uh, experience episode where I was on. I had hit like five, five uh, locks. I think I went five and zero oh on like the locks that I gave away. And I don't know how, but me and Patty C. And uh, I was saying my picks are fire. And I think we were talking about Crocodile Dundee, and I was like, <laughs> they should call me Pick Dundee. And then you know, a couple people kind of ran with it on social. And then I was like, you know, I kind of, I kind of, you know, I kind of fuck with that movie and that game. So or or. You know, that name, I should say. Um, so, uh, yeah, it kind of went from there. So whenever you're not watching or handicapping college sports, you're doing stand-up comedy. You've cracked the code, man. You've won life. Uh, uh, I mean, my, my 401k doesn't exist. But, I mean, uh, you know, it is fun to go in and watch, you know, 30 hours of basketball and then go do a show and have a few cocktails. Not complaining. Try and watch all the games. <laughs> Speaking of winning life, our man John here, he's, he's at least got a nice second quarter lead on life. He's got the dollar bet club going. Uh, what's going on with the dollar bet club? He's got one dollar on Purdue at eighteen to one to win the championship. That's the right. Dollar bet club's like been cooking. They've lost three times as the number one, and you know what? I think that that breeds grit more than anything. Absolutely. What's uh, what's the dollar bet club been up to this week? Anything? You know, uh, we we raked in a little bit off the doink, which which was nice. Uh, didn't go over well with the Kansas City Chiefs fans. I was celebrating with. 
but uh, you know it did pretty well. Also had the uh, the Chiefs over the Eagles. That was that was a nice little haul. So the Dollar Bet Club's up to uh, twenty three bucks in the bank account. Hell yeah! She yeah, might be able to make a two dollar bet by the time the tournament <laughs> rolls around. I'll have to get some two dollar bills. Let's not get crazy. Yeah, let's yeah. not let's be responsible. The whole point of the Dollar Bet Club, just so you know, Kobe, is so we can have fun and not get divorced. That's right. Yep. <laughs> Entry level stuff. We're uh, we're for the people. We're the Common Mads podcast. We figure the Dollar Bet Club. That's a great entry point. So, what is it about college sports that draws you more than the professional leagues? Ah, uh, you know, I used to be a huge, huge NFL guy. Like, I still, I still somewhat dig the NFL guy or the, the NFL. But I mean, I it used to be my 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 one, right there with college. But I mean, I, I guess college always had a little bit of an advantage to me. Uh, Kind of just as football nuts. I mean, me and my brothers. I'm I'm the youngest, you know, of, of five. So uh, we would watch anything, man. We would watch. Where I remember watching the World League, the OG USFL. Um, so, but when we found college football, and especially like it was right when the, it was right when like cable TV, and you'd start to be able to be like load up a couple TVs, the old school way of like putting four TVs in in your basement or something. And college football, to me, uh, it's got the tr- – well, first off, it, it invent- a lot of people don't know this. Football it comes from college football. College football started football. And to me, that and, and the history of all these stadiums and, and the, you know, the, 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 the fan bases. It, it, and then the NFL, like to me, really in like the – I would say like late 2000s started to get so corporate. I feel like I'm just at a – at a, at a shopping mall with it, with, with everything in the NFL, it doesn't have a soul to me and, and college football still has that to me. And so college basketball, college football, any of that, uh, it still has the, the rowdy crowds in the same, the same stadium that their grandfather played on and stuff like that. And, and that's to me, what makes, what makes the sport, I think the best is foot college football and college basketball. In my opinion, I know a lot of people think I'm an idiot, but no, I, I agree. Uh, I've actually kind of jumped off the bandwagon of the NBA for obvious reasons. You just watch it and it doesn't even make sense to watch until at least at the earliest, the trade deadline, which just kicked in. But tell you what, I've gotten into college basketball and it's just, it's just too much fun to, to watch college basketball over NBA. I mean, just watch the crowd. The I, I always love the, the school songs and everything, all the pageantry of it. So I get that. And also, also like to me, and I, I, you know, uh, like I was talking to Mike Leach about this, you know, rest in peace to coach Leach, but, uh, uh, he, uh, I thought he was spot on with this is he said, man, I used to love the NFL. It was, it used to be innovating. Like they used to do a lot of innovating on the pro level, whether it was, you know, the West coast offense or, you know, the Blitzburg defense, uh, the steel curtain, you know, all, all that stuff, you know, the run and shoot, uh, with Miles Davis, yeah, that came up through college, but it also excelled in, in the NFL. And he said nowadays, you know, it's not even like I think I was asking him. I think that the conversation was about Cliff Kingsbury, you know, his former quarterback <laughs> getting getting the head coaching job of the of the Cardinals. And he's like, they only hired him for he's, he's only the coach of the offense. And he's like, he doesn't hire his special teams coach. He doesn't hire his defensive coordinator. He's not in charge of his roster. So are you even a coach? So that that always no. stuck out to me, and and then like, are you a, a head coach? I mean, are you are you even yeah. a head coach? And to me, like, I love contrast and styles. Like, everyone's got 
a lot of the same offenses in pro. And I think the NBA is similar too. Whereas like you can still see a UVA game where they score 48 points in basketball and they win. I love that. I love and how it's you exciting. See, yeah. I love how you can see Alabama who's running like the Paul Westhead offense in basketball. We're talking and, <laughs> and, and then, or, or the triple option with air force, you know, go on the road and then, and, and take Oklahoma to overtime in football. I like contrast and styles. And I think that's really what the core of, of, of both sports should be. You definitely get a lot more of that in, in college athletics for me with the basketball, it's just effort. These kids are giving a hundred percent the entire game. And, and in the NBA, they don't really give a shit until I don't know the playoffs or the second half of a playoff game. Like I watched Xavier Marquette last night. That was incredible. It was like a throwback 1994 full contact basketball game. And now, I mean, they're number one in the big East. Shaka smart. Like how deep can our, uh, can our Marquette warriors go? Oh, I mean, Shaka smart's doing an unbelievable job. And I thought he did a great job last year, but I, he lost Justin Lewis in the off season. And I thought there's no way he's going to be able to duplicate that success, but I thought long-term he would be able to, but wow. I mean, and, and he's, he's kind of like done this the opposite way. Uh, you know, you've seen so many teams, uh, the past couple of years be a veteran team. I think all the final four really over the past like five years have been veteran teams. Shaka smart. And I just read an article on this that he, he only got a guy or two from the portal. I think it was more so a year ago from Maryland, but he's kind of doing it with youth movement. And I, I still worry that in the tournament that'll catch up to them. But Hey, I mean, I, I thought they were going to be second to last in the big big East this year, if not third to last, something like that. And and he's making me look like an idiot. So kudos to him. Yeah, they're playing their asses off for him. The portal is completely <laughs> fucking me up. I see Vanderplas on Virginia. He was just in the Mac for like four years. Yeah. What do you think about the portal? Is it what is it going to do long term? Uh, you know, I think it's probably going to be the same personally. I know people say it will ease down, but I think our water our finds youth, its level. Our youth, I mean, come on, man! Like the, the they like the TikTok and everything, and and you know, quick. Oh, it's not working here. I got to go there. So I I think that's probably going to continue. But I do think it's actually healthy for the sport. I think uh, the coaches with great analysis, you know, with, with that can really break down certain players and understand their strengths and weaknesses. It, I think that's why you're seeing so much parity in in both football and basketball this past year. I know Georgia destroyed TCU, but. Uh, TCU still had a team full of portal guys, a brand new head coach. And then, uh, uh, you know, college basketball, I feel like basketball is a little bit ahead of football. They, they started to get the guys in the year prior, I feel like. And, and you see it. I, I don't know why John Calipari or, or John Shire at Duke didn't hit the portal harder because obviously people would want to play for them and they have money. So, uh, you see it all across the landscape with the exception of Marquette. I feel like Marquette's kind of the anomaly, but, uh, all, all those teams, you know, if you look at Bama, they went and got key guys in the portal. You look at, uh, pretty much, pretty much every team in the top 25, I would say minus minus Marquette. Maybe you could talk me into Purdue as one that didn't really hit the portal. Um, but every other team pretty much got a substantial guy, I think in the portal. You're, uh, you're always picking these, these small, like SoCon Sunbelt A10 stuff like that. Is there better value in those games or do you just 
love the smaller conferences. Like, for example, I'm on a La Tech Monmouth parlay tonight, thanks to you guys. And uh, I'm pretty sure Monmouth plays in something called the American Colonial Division. Yeah, that's, they're in, they're new to the CAA. I mean, I don't know. I just watch a sh- shit ton of games. I don't think I try to like look specifically, but I, I do believe there's there's value in that, though. I mean, I I, I could name certain years where certain teams, uh, they I felt like Vegas was late to adjust to them. And Monmouth's a perfect example. Monmouth was awful to start the season. King Rice is their head coach, the former North Carolina point guard. They were good last year, but he lost everybody. And, you know, they were like, I think one in 19 or one in 20. And then they, they started to win a couple games. And even before they, they won those games, they were competitive, I think, at UNC Wilmington, who's really good in the CAA. So I, I, if you don't watch those games, you don't realize that this team's improving. And you're seeing, like, you know, I think most people would say, oh, King Rice should be fired. He's one in 19. No, I mean, he's clearly a good coach because you're seeing the development of the, of the team throughout the year. Coach, what do you think about that? You keep a guy who's one in nineteen. If you see improvement, that's pretty. Uh, it's a lot of loyalty from an AD, <laughs> especially now. Man, <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. In, in twenty twenty three, that that's pretty rare. But I mean, they had a really good year last year. I thought they were going to make the NCAA tournament. I thought they were going to be the team that knocked off uh, Iona. But St. Peter's comes out of nowhere with Sheehan, oh. Sheehan Holloway and knocks off them. So they had a really good year a year ago. It's just that, you know, that's the, the bad part of being one of those mid-majors is I feel like they were a tournament caliber team that just didn't make it. God, that St. Peter's run was so fun. It's worth watching these games, too, just to see the gymnasiums and <laughs> the people that are in them or not in them. You know, some of these games have like seven people watching. And still, more effort than you'll see on any NBA floor that same night. Oh, 100%. So, I, I think the problem is the guaranteed contracts, right? I mean, I saw Reggie Bush, and I hope the NFL never does this. Because, look, I still I still subscribe to the NFL. It's just, but Reggie Bush was saying, we need guaranteed contracts in the NFL. And I'm like, oh, if that happens, if that no happens, way. we're going to have the NBA situation. No uh, you're going to have, they'll sit out. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous like, sitting out. Come on, man. You, you're, you're 25 years old. You're getting paid millions. I would die for that. Ed Cooley said this last year. I would die for that opportunity. You tell me I got to run three hours a day. Okay, sign me up right now, dude. I'll do 400 games a year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Lack of uh, lack of gratitude for the situation. The problem there is the NFL doesn't take care of its players after the league. It's that's the problem. You don't need guaranteed contracts because you get guys like Russell Wilson are just like, screw it. You know, I got my 50 million just this year and you see what happens. It's just human nature. But if the NFL actually took care of their players after the fact with injuries and stuff like that to maybe not necessitate a guaranteed contract, we wouldn't be having this discussion. But the NFL is the NFL and it will never do that. Well, I, I think they went too far. Well, I mean, obviously they went too far with, with hiding some of the science, but I mean, um, I, I'm saying like if they opened up Pandora's box there, every lawsuit would, 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 would come at them from all the old players. So they can't acknowledge. It's just yeah. one of those things where a snowball effect and they got pretty far down the hill and you said, oh, yeah. well, fuck it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Exactly. I, I kind of would have done the same. I mean, look, I wouldn't have hit the, the, the science, <laughs> but I'm saying like, if you're telling me I'm brand new and I'm an owner and I'm like, sure. Oh shit. We got this going on. Well, yep. Yeah, uh, I would do the same thing. I think Jerry let's, says we got to get in line. Let, so, let's be yeah. honest. They're still hiding the science. That's yeah, still going on right now. I mean, that, that, that was a deal of, 
Oh man, this is really bad. So let's let's get a hold of it and put a spin on it where we can draw a smiley face on it. That's what. Let's that's let Will what, Smith all. make his movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll move on. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll we'll endorse it. We'll come out and say we're making the game safer. Everybody hugs. Meanwhile, we're making billions. We're wrecking. We're snapping necks and cashing checks. Well, I mean, there's always that tobacco. angle. As, do they really care about player safety? If so, you wouldn't have so much. You you would use real grass. You know what I mean? If you really cared about player Absolutely. safety. I still and, think and Tua that. wouldn't be allowed to play anymore if we really cared. <laughs> but you know they're going to trot him out. He's their I, show pony. I still think though that uh, that there's probably a connection. You know, I, I, I we've had Jim McMahon on the show a few times. Nice. His his opinion when I've asked him this off the record. Um, well, I guess we're <laughs> on the record now. Uh, but he told me this off 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 air. Um, was that you know they were giving them tons of opioids and shit back then, man? They were just no. like so, so. You're getting I, I, that was the first generation, I believe. I don't think in the '60s Dick Buckus was going to the sidelines and they're like, "Here, take this." You know what I mean? So I, I wonder if there's a connect. I've always wondered if there's a connect to CTE and that because it changes probably. The so if and it, he's not, um, that's nothing new. If you listen to ESPN Chicago, John Yurkovich has been saying that for years. They would show up in the locker room, they'd look in their shoe, and they'd see four or five pills. They yeah. just knew. Here you go. Stop complaining. I, I asked McMahon if he had any regrets, and believe it or not, he said, "I don't have any regrets playing the style I did. I didn't dive." You know, I didn't slide. I would dive forward. My only regret is I let people put foreign objects. It, you know, I, I was I was getting shot up with shit. I had no idea, you know, so. Uh, but I do believe there's probably a connect there because I do wonder now it, I'm ask, I'm curious your guys take on this. So like someone like back in the day, like Dick Buckus or, or I don't know anyone that could hit, you know, do you think they probably had CTE? And well, I guess Buckus is still alive, but some other ones. And we just didn't know, and or was it just the game wasn't as fast? I That's think probably a little bit of both. I I believe you're probably right with opioids. When you, you it does change your it changes your entire brain. It, it'll be interesting to watch that down the stretch because I mean obviously I still think like obviously you know colliding into someone is is probably not good for your body, but at the same time, I mean we're all gonna die one day. Come on, yeah. Yeah, Might as well I mean, make millions. The, uh, yeah. A modern athlete is like a supercar compared to like a 69 Camaro that was, you know, a Dick Buckus. So, I, I, I will say street. this about that. And going back to Jim McMahon, when they did his whole study on the CTE and how he get the brain fluid drained and everything. Physical degradation is one thing, but that dude was straight up suicidal. You know, and it could very well have been a concoction of the hits and the drugs and not knowing what's going in your body. That's the thing that it, you don't mess with somebody's brain chemistry unnecessarily, unless you're a doctor and, and stuff like that. That's the one thing I think people what know what they're playoff? signing up for when they get hit. They, they know the immediate reaction. They know, okay, well, yeah, that's, that's a lake. I, you know, that's going to bother me the rest of my life. But when you start doing, you know, all this crazy stuff with pills and stuff, Nobody knows, even True. the people doing it. So that's where I, I, I would get that. That's the unfortunate part. And I, and I don't think anybody even is going to know for a long time. And, and that's fair. And I, I mean, I don't know. Like I, I'm one of these people. Maybe it's, you know, I, I decided to be a comic a long time ago and I didn't have a, a safety net or any. I don't have a plan B. I never had a plan B. Right. And I knew the risk getting into it. 
And I mean, not to compare it to a guy getting CTE, but I'm saying like you could definitely be six. I know 60 year old comics that are broke and that have never done anything really. And that's the risk that I think you do when you make that decision. So do I feel sorry for you? Not really. You know what I mean? Like you chose your path and that's the way it goes. And I think absolutely. I wish we would do that more with obviously with them hiding the science. It became so bad that it's hard to get out of that. But uh, which was obviously a mistake by them. But I still believe like. I don't think the game should be that much altered. You sign up for what you get. And if you get hit, you know, this could happen to anybody. And, 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 these and a guys, lot of things. Yeah. Colby, these guys know when they sign yeah. a $50 million contract that what that's for, what that looks yeah. like. That looks like you're going to, you, you need to play no matter yeah, You need what. to watch film. Dude, I mean, we all played. I mean, I would imagine we all played sports, yeah. but like, uh, like, come on, man. We would die. Like if you told me I would be good enough to be uh, any athlete. All right. Yeah. And you told me I could get, you know, to play a seven. game that's going to be on TV. Oh, my dude, I would trade everything. I would trade yeah. everything. I would be like, let's go. Let's let's go. Oh, you're going to be hurting in your 60s and 70s. Fuck it. OK. All right. That's I'm not that now. Yeah. I'll yeah. be the fucking Terminator because yeah. I'll save some of that cash. Got yeah. it. That's a future me problem. <laughs> Just fucking make me titanium. Exactly. Yeah. By then they'll have it so. figured out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, I got to get in it, but I want to, I don't want to miss having you on and not talk about the big 12. So me me and coach up there, we're from Oklahoma. Both of us, I live in Wisconsin now. He's still in Oklahoma. So we grew up college centric, right? Football, basketball, all of it. College, college, college. There wasn't just no pros. Thunder weren't there. There was nothing. What are your thoughts on the big 12 this year? I mean, I, I, it's funny. I was talking to uh, my, my brother who I have on the show, NC Nick and you know, off we were just, talking on the phone and and i'm like dude there needs to be like a 30 for 30 on how because when i was coming up the big 12 basketball with the exception of kansas and maybe oklahoma mm-hmm. everyone else sometimes was ass everyone else yeah. was kind of i mean yeah there was the big country we years. had eddie sutton yeah 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 <laughs> that's oh i got you state state fan uh, uh but no <laughs> texas tech like when the big 12 first formed dude i was rooting for colorado because because I, I was rooting for Colorado because my, my oldest brother's a Notre Dame fan and Colorado beat him in, in the, the 90 national championship. Yeah. So I kind of started as a little kid just saying, I'm going to root for Colorado. And they were ass. They were complete ass in basketball. Even when they had Chauncey Billups, right? They were ass. And then uh, uh, Nebraska, awful. Texas Tech, awful. Baylor, awful. A&M, awful. Even Texas wasn't very good. So I don't know how they did this. There needs to be a documentary because the I've never seen a bad. I, I think I grew up in ACC country in the nineties and in the big East country. And I thought those conferences were incredible. I think this might be even better than those conferences because your weakest team is better than the weakest teams of those conferences. It's unbelievable what has happened with this conference. And I actually think even though they lose Oklahoma and Texas, you're bringing in Houston. You're bringing in BYU, which I actually think BYU has a home court environment that will actually make them all right in the Big 12. I know you would think like WCC, they're not that good, but that place gets lit. And then you add in UCF's kind of the one where you're like, they got they got to pick it up. But <laughs> Cincinnati has, has, you know, strong basketball history. Fuck back to the Oscar Robinson days, all the way to Bob Huggins, you know, and uh I think they're only going to get better as a, as a conference. And, and I love it. And, and Nick's my, my brother's point was there's not one bad college basketball environment in, in the big 12. And no, it's you fun. Look, you look at the ACC now and it's like, dude, 
You go to a, you look at a Boston college oh. game. It looks like one of my fucking comedy shows. There's like 12 people there, right? <laughs> it, it, right? You, you go one yeah. by one. You go one by one. There's a lot of dull environments. The Miami Hurricanes haven't been able to bring people in for football or basketball. I don't know how that's possible yeah. with the talent they have, but the Big 12 has been unbelievable, and, and I can't wait to see who wins it. I kind of think Kansas is going to be that team, unfortunately, but I was, I was hoping for your Cowboys to beat them the other night, man. I was on them. It just it. Didn't, it just didn't work out. Didn't. Well, the, now I will say this on that. They, 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 they had a big stage and they had been on a pretty good run, but in the long run, I, I believe that loss is going to help them. And here's why, because they, they, they actually learned how to, they, they learned that some of the mistakes that they have been making and getting by with are now going to get exposed by teams like Kansas which is going to help them deep in the tournament. If you get into the second and third round, you're going to face a team that's similar to Kansas that can that can overcome. All of a sudden, you can't just allow the Boone kid to go wild down in the post and we're good. It, yeah. You can't just out-athletic people. So, so, you know, it was disappointing. You're right. The stage was set for a big night at Gallagher-Iba. Students were camping out. It was going to be a great scene. And, and it was rocking inside there. It was just disappointing their performance. But I think in the long run, because now they're not a bubble team, they're looking at, what, a nine seed, something like that. Um, so I think the last time I saw they are going to be a nine seed. But the, but the conference top to bottom, man. Unbelievable. It's murderer's row. Unbelievable. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. The bottom team can go in other conferences and wreck shop. Oh, I, 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 it, someone asked me the other day, could West Virginia or Texas Tech win the ACC? I said, without a doubt. I really, I really believe they could. I really believe they could, they could win that conference, and I would probably bet on them to win that conference. Uh, it, you know, I feel like that's probably the only Power Five that I would say like I think they would win it. But I still think you put them in the Pac-12. I think they're going to be right there, probably right behind UCLA and Arizona. Well, you look at a wow. terrible OU team, a terrible OU team that that took Alabama to the woodshed. Yeah, I mean, literally the number one team in the nation. Porter Moser can coach. He's, oh, just yeah. in that, he's just in that gauntlet. That's what I'm saying. That, that, I don't know how they did it. I don't know how they did it. It's fascinating to me. The Jerome Tang hire was genius uh, at Kansas State. I still think they're a team that could really, you know, turn it on in, in, in March because uh, they, he brought in some veteran transfers uh, and, and just everyone. How about Otzelberger at Iowa State? Yeah. I could not believe. Look, I thought that hire made sense. I did not think. He would have it going. Hey, last year he had the deep run in March, and this year I still thought, okay, he lost some guys. Tyrese Hunter transferred to Texas. There's no way he's going to be able to get this. Thing. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Part of it is you got to know when you come into this. Self sets the bar so high. I yeah, mean, Kansas is a blue blood, and they are going to be there every year. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, you know OU in football. You're going to you're going to face a juggernaut on the schedule in Kansas. And you're going to see them, you know, at home and away. Um, so you know that you're going to have to do something. You can't just show up with a bunch of slappies and hope to get lucky at at, at fog. So yeah, and and the coaching thing kind of trickled off from there. Bringing in Scott Drew at Baylor after after Dave Bliss, yeah. you know, was just a complete shit show. And then uh, uh, Chris Beard to Texas Tech. I think that kind of start started it some. Um, Charges and, dropped. And, I heard. What's that? Charges dropped. I heard. Oh yeah, you know, crime pays. <laughs> <laughs> 2023. Speaking we got to get I, we got to get Nate Oates on. 
from Alabama. We know a guy who knows a guy. Yeah, you know, have you? I don't know if we, we have another podcast called Plus Money Golf. It's just golf betting. We have uh, Adam Miller, my a guy that me and Chris went to school. Me and Chris known each other since fifth grade, and we've known Adam since fifth grade. And he went on to the PGA after we graduated high school. He went that he went straight there and then played until he made money and then went back to college. That so, guy's got golf angles. Oh my gosh! And then he, he the other, last year. Oh my yeah, cr- <laughs> he crushes it. What, how many winners did we pick out of 11 of the 16, 11 of the 16 winners on, wow. on a Tuesday. Wow. So it's a lot. It's a lot of plus more. We did really well last year, but he's, he's too, he is dialed the F in on, on golf. He knows oh, I mean, these guys. He's going to play in the, he's going to, I, I, I bet if you put some money on it, he's going to qualify, he's going to qualify for the John Deere this year. So he'll be in the John Deere classic this year. Wow. Um, Wow. Uh, and but the guy he does it with, Eric hosted, but but Smitty, Coach Smith, he he he's a coach from Coach Oates. So he coached with Coach Oates. That's awesome, man. I mean, he's done an unbelievable job resurrecting that, or I don't even know about resurrecting. Start getting that program on the map because even when they had Ori and Spreewell and stuff in the early nineties, they weren't that good. No, I saw them at number one still this morning. Yeah, I mean the t- the top twenty five, right? They're just yeah, they're just a lot. <laughs> it's TV ratings. Yeah. Speaking of <laughs> while we're on conferences, that Big 12 conference tournament is going to be unbelievable. Last year, I hopped on the Chattanooga Mocks and the Richmond Spiders. That <laughs> Richmond Spiders run was unreal. I, I don't think I sat down the entire any of those games. I just paced in front of the TV. We had a Richmond Spiders banner. Like, yeah, we should probably get that back up. It's almost it was March. a whole thing as we were starting this podcast. It yeah. was a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, the Richmond Spiders were a big part of the the birth of it. <laughs> what what uh, what are the conference tournaments you're looking forward to that are going to be the best this year? I mean, this year we're really in for like I don't know that I've ever seen this much parity in college basketball. Like from a from a national level down to the mid majors. Think about think about like. Right now, the only teams that really we know would probably win that conference. Ah, okay, you got Vermont in the AE. I think that's pretty much a wrap. They get the home games uh, in at the at the campus, so it makes it even harder. Oral <laughs> Roberts in the Summit, I think, is probably a wrap. Well, definitely for the one yeah. seed. Uh, and They're then winning by fifty. I, I kind of think Houston, but even Houston has shown some vulnerability. I think the AAC's other teams have gotten a little bit better, like Tulane's better than they have been. Memphis is still skilled. I don't think they're, I'd say they're just as good as a year ago, maybe a little less. Uh, but like Cincinnati's better. Temple's a little bit better. Uh, I, I still think Houston's probably going to walk away with it, but really with, with after that, good luck. I mean, I kind of think UCLA is the cream of the crop in the Pac-12, but after that, I feel like every other one, we're going to sit there and say, I got no, you know, you think about the Big Ten. I know, I know Purdue is, has been great in the regular season. Do I have confidence with them winning the Big Ten tournament? No. You know what I mean? Like, do do I have confidence that Marquette's going to win the Big East tournament? No. Um, no, there's four or five teams that could win the Big yeah. East. Yeah. And that's, I and love Big East games. It, but it's like that kind of throughout all the mid-majors, too, which normally, you know, as a guy that's loved this sport, you know, since like the early 90s, uh, you normally have like 10 or 12 conferences where you kind of know what's happening. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like two or three these days. So, I mean, the conferences that I'm, to, I guess to answer your question, the, the Mountain West conference tournament, I have to watch because I have no, I actually think the the last seed who I, I'm not even sure right now because of last night's losses, whoever's in last it right now in the Mountain West still has a decent shot to win the thing. 
I, I think that that complete chaos in, in that conference. So I got to watch the Mountain West. Uh, I even think the WCC's up. That's another one. We kn- normally we kind of know Gonzaga's got this. Well, no, not so much. Yeah, I think they might lose tonight to Loyola, and and Loyola beat them at the kennel. You know, earlier in the year, I I kind of think that's like a five or six team race. So I'm fascinated by by all these teams, but are in all these conferences this year. But to answer your question, I guess the Conference USA, the Mountain West, and then obviously from the big ones, the Big 12 is by far the one I want to watch most. But after that would be the Big East and and probably, I mean, I, I know the ACC's total ass this year, but I have no idea what's going to happen in that tournament. I feel like even if you're sitting there, if you're Josh Pastor at Georgia Tech, I feel like, hey, we got a shot. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> We we only yeah. lost by one to Wake. We beat Virginia Tech. Shit. I mean, we could get it done. You know, I don't know. I, I but uh, but to answer your question, I think like mid major wise, give me uh give me the uh, the Mountain West, the CUSA, and I actually I am actually excited to see the WAC. I think the WAC is kind of better than what. Well, unfortunately, New Mexico State had a little <laughs> incident, but uh uh. Little dust up, but uh, yeah, I would say those conferences jumped jumped to mind. I just can't wait. My spiders ain't winning the A ten. Jacob Gilliard ain't walking through that door. I should thank you though that you mentioned it for introducing me to the eighth wonder of the world that is Kelly LaPepe. Holy shit, is that entertainment the greatest? <laughs> right, dude. Doesn't he kind of remind you of like a poor man's Charles Barkley, but with the mullet? Yeah, I, yeah. Just sort of a. Just a dude in the post bullying he's, people. He's not a, a, as athletic as like the the young Barkley, but he's he's nasty like that, man. He, I look, I, I I watched him play last year, and I kind of thought like the guy was all right, man. Whatever he did in the off season, he took his game to another level because he's like a legit baller. Like he's gonna play. He's not gonna be in the NBA. I don't think he's gonna play pro ball somewhere and get paid decently because he he can ball. He'll put asses in seats for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was at, I went and saw, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I told you the story or if you heard the story, I, I said this on my pod, but I went and saw Morgan state like the day before Thanksgiving. I think it was Morgan state at Loyola Marymount and Morgan state. I, the kids are out of, out of class. So uh, Morgan state, I kind of had like a kind of brought their, their, their fans with them. I don't know how the hell they were there, but I was sitting me. I brought my wife to this game. Uh, and uh <laughs> And uh, He's a saint. uh I'm sitting I'm sitting like in a row behind me is like five uh like old black dudes like in their 50s probably right and and they're Morgan State fans and they were they were absolutely cracking me up they they first they first they see Kelly LePepe they're like damn look at that motherfucker's hair right they're like <laughs> and then and then and then when they see his strength cuz he got dude yeah he went off for 31 and like 13 that night and he kept getting these rebounds and getting like, you know, the, 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 and one, and it was great. They're like, God damn, that motherfucker's got prison strength. So we've been calling him prison strength here in the office for a while. Dude, they had me rolling. They had me absolutely rolling, but dude, LaPepe can ball. I'll, uh, I'll skip to one of the last ones here. Um, I'm not going to ask you who the dark horse team is. Everybody asks you that. I want to know who is this year's guy. America falls in love with like the drew Timmy this year, I think it's going to be Baylor Shireman, the the guard from Crate. It's always got to be a white guy, right? Uh, you got to be white. You got to have a headband. That's the first two rules. Like Gordon Hayward. Uh, you know, I feel like 
Leitner was probably that back in the day. I was just too young to, to realize it. Um, oh, that's a great question. Let me think about this. What about, what about, uh, hmm, hold on. Let me, let There's me. There's always let me one or two guys. I do like your, yeah, I think your answer is not bad, but uh, let me think about this. Last year, you could even say Brady Manic might have been that guy. Um, <laughs> let's go. What's, who should I pick here? You know, I'm, I'll switch. I, I'll switch, and I'll go with like a name that I think uh, people could find out about. If I don't know that they'll make the tournament. Hold on, let me see one that I know for sure is making the NCAA tournament. How about you know? I'll take Marquise Noel for 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 Kansas State. Have you guys seen this guy's range? This guy can make it from like fucking half court. All right, like he can pull. America up. loves that. Yeah, I mean, look, I know he doesn't have the the quote unquote. He's not he's not a white guy, but I mean, he can ball, and I feel like a lot of people don't watch a lot of Kansas State, even though they're really good. You know, Kansas State for some reason in football and basketball, they don't get a lot of eyeballs. They should because they they better keep a uniform great in Kansas. The yeah. little apple, they keep yeah the little apple. They keep a great program. That's one that jumps to mind. There's some mid mid. I mean, Max Asmus is going to be in the NCAA tournament. I'm pretty sure we already know that's already happened before. Oh, I'll give you one though. Is Darius McGee for Liberty? Assuming Liberty won tonight, because I had to, uh, I was watching it right before I came in here. Oh man, dude, he started off the game. I think scoring the first fourteen points for Liberty. This is a guy. This is a guy that that I think could really turn some heads. That people people that don't watch deep into college basketball, this guy can go for like thirty five on any night. That's significant in the college game. Yeah, I'm not familiar with this kid. I'm going to have to get familiar before March starts. We're going to be ready. I'm going to look up and see what he is doing right now. Let's see. Is that game final? Um, How's Monmouth looking? Oh, they lost. There we go. See, well, there you go. I made money. But uh, uh, let's see what he did in this game. Uh, 43 points, eight boards. And that was against against the number one team. That was against the – so they were the top two teams going at it in the A-Sun. They actually lost the number one seed tonight. There'll be a two seed in their tournament, probably. But 43 points, eight boards. That is getting it done. Big game, Hunter. He shows up. Well, let's talk about uh, handicapping college basketball. When I look at a college basketball game, I look at the previous games, if they're looking ahead to anybody, and then I basically look at three-point percentage and volume, free throw percentage, turnovers, stuff like that, but not, not great at picking college basketball games out in the wild on my own. I I come to TCE for that. I I feel like that's a sport. I think you can get the most out of like, you know, I feel like, uh, as a guy that's bet on pretty much every sport, including the puppy bowl one year. Um, I, I, uh, the college basketball, college basketball, I think you can find great value. I think you can find great value but I almost think diving into those stats can also call, they can also you know they can also trick you. So I understand your point there. Um, for me, it's kind of like if you can kind of keep a grasp. I know Patty C, my, my buddy, uh, he struggles to keep a grasp on you know obviously there's 360 teams or 363 these days. But uh, if you can to, to me like pinpoint uh, you know certain teams, just follow them throughout the year. You know whether it's you know, pick, pick, uh, try picking one of each conference. I think that's one where, and you can kind of follow the progress of the team and you'll kind of know because I, I think Vegas knows, or uh, they're just like us. I feel like, yeah, they, they'll be able to, uh, you can't watch every game. I mean, it's impossible. No. It's impossible. So that leaves room for error. 
And, and I think that, that that's one of the best ways to do it for me. It's like knowing, you know, I like UAB had Jelly Walker out for a while. Now he, they got him back. This guy lights it up at UAB. If you haven't watched UAB. Yep. Um, he's going to, he will be in the NBA. Um, and this guy, when he comes back, like they're a team that could beat anybody. So the value, I thought when he came back, the value was a little down and I had great success taking UAB. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think I always look at stra- obviously guard play matters a lot to me, especially if we're talking NCAA tournament, if we're talking NCAA tournament. I like guard play. I like uh, strong defensive teams. That's how I was on Oklahoma to beat Alabama and my, 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 my philosophy. And I was on Tennessee to beat Alabama. And my philosophy really was that, uh, that Paul Wed- Paul Westhead philosophy that, that Nate Oates, like he's doing a great job, but I also think there's a ceiling on that. If you go up against some of these strong physical defensive teams, I think that they're a f- it, th- first off they'll slow down the game because they'll they'll only have like twenty possessions on, on on offense. So that means your your whole theory of running up the court and shooting these low percentage shots, well, that gets limited. That gets limited, and then you have to really be efficient. And the the reality is is they're not super efficient when you have to slow them down. And I feel like Kentucky's a team that is the, the opposite of that. I feel like when Kentucky goes up against a, uh, a a Tennessee or a Mississippi State, you know, or or I know they didn't play Oklahoma this year, but if they were to, I feel like their athleticism plays right into that. So if you can kind of know the identities of the teams throughout the year, but I will say it, when you start out, I pretty much have a losing record like every year in November. You learn in November, I think, and and then in, it kind of keeps improving throughout the season. Yeah. You got to know the systems, know the offenses and defenses, be familiar. Yeah, the numbers get me. Yesterday, I messaged NC Nick. I was like, hey, I'm looking at these three point volume percentages, free throws. I think Mizzou can win tonight. They lost by fucking 30 points, Colby. So, I mean, I, look, I was, I took Mizzou that game too. I mean, I didn't bet it, but I, I, I understand that. I, I understand what you were thinking, but I also thought it was a potential letdown spot because you hit a half court shot to win the game at Tennessee. It was top 10. You know what I mean? Uh, you, there's, you're probably out on the town later that night, chasing scattered ass. It, you know, that's just the human side of that. But man, I didn't see that coming. I thought Missouri would, 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 would keep it somewhat close. Scattered ass. I'm adding that to the lexicon. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's talk about uh, Oklahoma and Texas again, these exit fees. The Big 12 is like the mafia in many ways. Uh, one of those being that you can't just decide to get up and leave. A thing like that comes with a cost. They're not going to be uh, hanging in refrigerated trucks or anything, but they will have to pay millions of dollars. $100 million, actually. The article I found says Texas and Oklahoma agreed to an exit fee of a combined $100 million. According to a report by Sports Illustrated, they will play the 23 season as Big 12 members before moving to the SEC. The $100 million will be distributed to the eight legacy members of the Big 12, so the remaining teams, not the new guys, the report states to offset was supposed to be a five to eight million dollar reduction in revenue distribution. What? So we're <laughs> we're uh, just handing them money because they don't have these big schools anymore, or well, this is to cover the bills that are going to come. Yeah, what's, well, uh, I mean, what's the hundred con- million for? Well, because the contract. Like you essentially are banking on that te- television revenue. Yeah, it's a lot of stranded cost that they other teams have to cover. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So so uh, I mean, 
It's it's I, I, oddly the same. We used to have this in, in one of my old jobs. We'd have a, a business unit be like, I'm moving. And it'd be like, okay, well, here's your bill because now we all have to split that. Uh, and it's always about 60% higher than you think it's going to be. You count every single penny. It's oh, like that. Yeah. Bill, Texas. Bill, Oklahoma. 100 mil. Give it to us. I was actually surprised it got done, personally. Because uh, mm-hmm. I thought the Big 12 uh, was going to hold them to it. But, you know, because it, it, apparently it came down like the Big 12 wanted this thing done in November. Like the Big 12 ADs, apparently. And uh, and Fox was the, 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 the final hurdle. Fox was like, "Hey, no, fuck you. We have a contract. We want our money." And uh, and uh, you know, Fox uh, they ended up getting a, a Texas Michigan game, I believe, out of this, and they also get twelve of that hundred million. I think they get twelve point eight or something like that of the of the hundred million. But uh, but yeah, I mean, that was uh, I was surprised that that they agreed to do that because I thought Fox could have got more. Personally, I thought Fox was going to get a playoff game. I thought I, I thought that was going to be the the leverage. They're saying, "Hey." All right. They not. Yeah, they should have. Should have had you, man. They should have had you on that legal team storming the the boardrooms. (laughs) (laughs) But here's why I think it happened. I think Brett Yormark went to uh, the Big Twelve commissioner, went to Fox, and said, "Hey, you know, I'm trying to add more teams, and having these two, uh, you know, elephants in the room or whatever you want to say, only confuses things. So I think." He's trying to stay aggressive. I know there's talk that Gonzaga and basketball. Can you imagine if that happened? Um, and then, and then, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe th- there's talk about the four corners of what Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado. Uh, there's still talk that that Memphis, you know, could be in the mix. Um, I, I think that, that I think if if that's the only thing that makes sense to me is Brent Yormark being like, okay, let's get this done, Fox. Come on, I got to go and get this. And they just signed a new deal with Fox, I believe. So. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. Well, let's, I mean, let's be honest about the, the big 12. When that first came out, there was a lot of shock and awe with everybody. Oh, they're losing Texas and then they're losing OU. And this is going to be a deal. You know, I, I think long-term I think the big 12 came out pretty damn good. And not only that, I think that Texas and Oklahoma five, six years from now are both going to regret this decision. They're going to regret it and they're not going to like it because I don't believe that either one of them is going to be the juggernaut that they have been in the past. I think that, number one, the SEC is murderous row when it comes to football, which puts you on center stage. Now, now they'll compete in the other areas, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they're going to fall off the map, but but both of those things, the, 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 the Big 12 Conference and OU in Texas, both have a clear path to where they're going, and they are not the same paths. So it behooves both of them to work out an agreement so they can both go right now. I mean, and and the Big 12 looks pretty good. I mean, the the new Big 12 is not is not the same, but it's not bad like like we've we've talked about just now. I mean, football-wise, pretty damn good. I mean, basketball-wise, holy crap. Yeah. Like you said they're adding Houston. I mean, and 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 the teams that they're adding aren't bad at all. No, I I, I uh I'm you know, I'm kind of split on this because I I agree like to me, they're like my favorite conference to watch. I think even in football, like I'm like I'm super excited to see these teams in these matchups. Uh, but at the same time, I also know that in football, you know, there's a lot of politics. I'm, like the downside of college football, as opposed to college basketball, is it's like a popularity contest. Until we, I mean, I know we're gonna have auto 
auto qualifiers for the big or for the power five. That's a start. And I think that could be what you're talking about is a mistake because I don't know that Oklahoma and Texas will be winning the SEC, so they won't get that auto bid. Now, the downside of it is with 12 teams, man, they already put Texas in the top 10 every year. Now they're going to have the SEC name. They're going to be like top two. They'll lose three times and they'll be like, oh, you drop one spot. You drop well, one gonna, spot. They'll be in the top 10 for the first four weeks and then they'll be uh, unranked because that's where that's going to happen. They're, they, they're going to be the same Texas. And, yeah. and when 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 they get drove by a, by a Mississippi, a Vanderbilt, and then, you know, a Kentucky, then – I mean, and and then after that happens for two or three seasons in a row, it'll it'll be different. Now, I will say they are kind of a sleeping giant, and if some the right person came along, not the guy that they have right now, but if the right person came along, they could be resurrected. But they're still Texas, and and I think it's going to suck. The suck's going to be a lot worse in the SEC. It was kind of hidden in in the Big Twelve because there are some rum dumps. You can go you can go to Kansas and kick them around. Not last year, but yeah. previously, you know, I mean, well, and I think the big thing, though, and I'm eager to see how this works, because, you know, I my my co-host, Patty, C, it thinks like you where he's like, they're making a huge mistake because now someone's going to come out of the uh, Big 12 and probably be a name brand over the next 20, 30 years. And then they'll they'll be known as a powerhouse in college football. Uh, you know, I understand that angle, but I also think we're in a weird spot with college sports because if you're using the historical references and going back you know you know patty c will bring up points of like the 1940s or 50s and i'm like yeah but there wasn't television money that's and true. television mm-hmm. money they're getting a gigantic amount of money in the sec it's just like ucla and usc in the in the big 10 i hate it personally but right. but i i so but we've never seen this we've never sure. seen it where they get that much money i wonder you know uh, what it will be like, but but yeah, on the field, like short term, I agree with you. I do worry long term, though, uh, that that maybe that money creates a, a bigger divide th- than well, we. The, the key to what you're saying is going to be the West Coast Conference realignment. Yeah, if, if if the true pack and everything starts splitting and they start going up their separate ways, it's who gets what big piece of the puzzle. Because if you're right, if the Big Twelve was managed if they managed to to get uh, somebody out west or whatever you know you attract a whole new audience and it and it makes the the conference stronger yeah, the SEC's not tagging somebody out out west it's just not happening but uh you know it's it's going to be what happens on the west coast if they truly do start peeling off in different angles who gets what parts because it's it's going to be super conferences well and there's a lot of things that could happen i mean this sport you know, in the past two years has changed more in my, right. than in my entire life. Right. Well, uh, and, wildlife free agency. I mean, we have free oh, agency in college well, now. I mean, yeah. the NIL deals themselves have changed the whole dynamic of everything. And right now we've talked about it on this show a hundred times. I'm sure you got a pretty good, um, pretty good thought on this. I mean, the NIL deal in college sports right now is made it the wild west. It's made college athletics, the biggest free agency market with unknown rules and unknown ceilings that you could ever have. And it's funny that we villainize people from the 90s and stuff for, for some of the things that now we're just going, ah, it's okay. It's not any big deal. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, that was happening, you know, since, I mean, shit. I oh, it's it. been happening yeah. 
I read they just, a book. They just started to say it's okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, give, I give you Rhett Bomar. There's 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 a name for you. Yeah, they, they made that guy. They put him up at the post office on signs because he took. He literally was driving a car around from a local car dealership, and now if you're a five star recruit, you hit town, and they're dangling keys to get you to sign. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean. And then you have a lot of you have a lot of stuff going on on that. I mean, right now there's a bill in California. You know, the NIL started here in California. That was the first, and all all the other states were like, "Oh shit, we got to get we got to get going on this." <laughs> yeah, that was um, a crazy week. There's another one going. I think this November on that uh, that college athletes from revenue sports, foot, men's football and basketball, uh, would be able to get half the revenue they bring in. Which I'm I'm actually against that uh, for many for a few reasons, but there's also a chance if that doesn't go, there's there's another one where they become employees, so they're no longer a student taking classes. If that happens, Title Nine goes by the wayside. Yeah, absolutely, and, and it changes it changes the sport unbelievably. Like well, it's professional, I, like, then, fundamentally. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, all of us. Like honestly, th- at that point, then Stanford could just be like. Hey, we have more money than all you guys. Boom. Uh, if yeah. they cared about football, I don't think they would. But uh, my point is, is that anyone. Texas will. Yeah. And they Texas have a lot of oil be, money. That's what I'm saying. Texas would be like, hey, guess what? Here's our, you know, because then you wouldn't be limited to ro- roster size. Well, I don't know. They'd probably create some type of rules. Yeah. But if we're at this very interesting point in, in, uh, in you know, college sports history, I think that it will dictate the future of, of, of the sport. But I, I worry about that, and that's what I'm saying. Texas could be a super juggernaut if that ends up happening. Um, but I do think they, that I do think that the guys should be paid, though. I mean, like I've heard too many stories of of them having leverage. You know, I, I'm per, I'm good friends with the guy who played safety at Oregon, and he ended up getting some money to play at Oregon. He was recruited by the SEC schools. They offered him money, and but he also had a scenario where they didn't come. They didn't deliver, and he signed. So they pretty much strong, like, you know, they had told him, hey, you're going to get this much money. You didn't get that much money. And then uh, and then you're kind of asked out. So I kind of I kind of like it. I, I know, you know, it, it's a interesting topic because, you know, should an 18 year old have three million dollars? This is America. I feel like you should. I feel like if you can, you should. Yeah. You know what the, I mean? The, the fear that I have um for these students is it seems like a really good way to clean your money. If you're a criminal organization, I sign you sign on the dotted line for 2 million in two years, you give me 1.8 back. Like I, it just seems like it's ripe for a criminal organization to come in and wreck shop. And, and uh, it could be a really sad situation for these kids. I mean, that was happening behind closed doors. Now it's happening out in the open. It's legal money. It's, it seems even shadier if possible than, than it has been in college basketball, but you know, it, you're right. This is America. You should be able to make as much money as you can, you know, uh, like any so other profession, any other, like, I mean, come on, if you were a software engineer and you're just, a, you know, amazing at your fucking job and you're 18 and everyone wants to hire you, you can do that. Why, why yep. should we limit it? I understand your point. And I, but I just feel like it's, it's always a tough, tough it's tough. It's tough to, to make sense of, you know, how to have rules and how to have a, 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 a setup, you know, uh, free market versus what's yeah. actually good for society. 
But I can tell you this, man, if it if if it does go with paid employees, like that would be very interesting. I mean, I, I don't know that I'd be for it, but I can tell you this, then schools with a lot of money that, you know, maybe you got a rich alumni because there's some that don't even have a football team that could be like, hey, you know what? Let's get a football team. Here's a hundred million dollars. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, it'd be no pretty, pretty wild. So isn't A&M, Texas A&M have a, like a stupid, ridiculous amount of funding that it, hey, they might be good. They almost bought out Jimbo this year. There was talk of that. It was like yeah. $88 million. I was like, this is insane. Because the yeah. whole coaching pool buyouts from the year before tallied up to like $46 million or something. If memory serves me correct, I could be off. But I know that a lot of that was just Auburn buying out Gus Malzahn. Yeah. Um, they seem serious about buying him out, too. I think it's going to happen this year. I mean, come Gosh, on. He's got a He's got Bobby Petrino on the staff. What could go wrong? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's my favorite dream. picture of all time. The ba- Dude, that's my background on my computer right here. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what you got to do, man. I mean, come on. That's, that's, the that's to be bought I couldn't out. believe he agreed to that. Paid to not work. Sign yeah. me up. It, it, it's just becoming more of the... It's like when you sign a huge free agent in baseball. You know, you sign them for three hundred million ten ten years. You're like, yeah, year six through ten are going to be terrible, and we're going to hate this. It's a Jason Hayward contract with the Cubs. I feel like that's what you get with coaching these days. It's like, well, we have to give him, you know, eight million for ten years or something like that, and he's probably going to suck for just long enough that we're going to have to fire him and then start up the coach search again. I'll tell you this though. And like I said, I'm not for that one bill in California where the, 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 the athletes would get half the revenue. I'm not for that, but for, for just a couple of reasons, but I can tell you this, if that does go through more States will follow suit with that. And then those coach contracts are going to be going way down because your, your buyouts all of a sudden, that that's kind of gotten out of hand. There's a mm-hmm. lot of coaches. Well, I don't know. I feel like a couple of years ago, a lot of the coaches in the college football world were higher paid than almost almost every NFL coach. Yeah. And that's insane when you think or and Tom Brady or something or some of your best NFL players make more than their coach. That that wasn't happening in college and I, I wonder 10 years from now if if that's if it's more like the pro model that perhaps So you know, how does that work? Do they take a valuation of the of all their revenue, they bring in a freshman, say you're Texas and you're Arch Manning and you can, you have a very clear point where he jumps on campus and like, how do they, how do they measure the increase in value that they, they contribute? That's the weird thing. I, I, I get it in theory, but in practice, that's just going to be a lot of lawyers and a lot of years arguing over numbers. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's a. I'd, I'd be interested to look at the books myself, but I know, I, they, I know they did that with LeBron. I think they looked at his the valuation of the Cleveland Cavaliers when he came back, and it was I forgot them. It was like a billion dollars well, or something. It was crazy. I know, but I know Dion at Colorado. You know, hmm. their social. If you're valuing, you know, the value of their social markets, uh, and 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 merchandise being sold and season tickets, he hasn't even coached a game yet, and. Uh, he's his value himself. Like uh, they paid him, I think. Like I, I forget the the amount. Like maybe I think it was maybe like five million. I, I could be wrong on that, but uh, but he's already made the school more money than his whole entire contract. He's turning away five stars. Yeah, I mean it's it's. But but Arch Manning though, I think has the same effect. When Arch Manning came, the number one recruit in the nation, all these other recruits wanted to go there, and and so. Uh. That that adds into oh you're gonna play for this is Manning legacy they're probably gonna be in the national championship 
you know, I want to be a part of that. So what's the value of all of that? You know, I, yep. I, I would be, I would love to know. I would love to know on, on all these things, but I think that's how they deem the value. They, they, they look at it as, as that part as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Who knows? Maybe the team that drafts me wants me to be the Jamar Chase and I get drafted too, just because Arch Manning got drafted there. You know, you can ride those coattails pretty far. <laughs> yeah, they, exactly. It's true. I mean, is it just that year or, you know, is it like, yeah, I mean, you go to a small school, you boost their value, you get a bigger cut in the next five years, they're valued more. Do you get a percentage of that cut? That's interesting. Well, Are we going to see that at Colorado with Dion? People see, just going to want to go play for him? Oh, I think oh, yeah. so. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I think, I actually think if you would go back to the TV conversation, that is another school with, now I don't know that long-term after Dion leaves, but I can tell you this, you know, the PAC 12, I know that they're laughing at their, their TV contract right now because they're trying to negotiate it. George Klavikoff, and it's not going well. They thought they'd be able to get $50 million for each school, and I heard like $20 million is what's being speculated. But they're going off the numbers, A, with Larry Scott's Pac-12 network deal, which, good luck, you got to go to fucking Baghdad to watch that. Um, and then, uh, and then, and then, the Colorado's been terrible. A lot of these teams have been bad. If Deion Sanders, I mean, go back to the 90s, Colorado-Nebraska was one of the biggest games yeah. of the college football season. So, if Dion can create that ex- excitement, it's a gigantic, it's, it's a pretty big market. I think they might be able to put up numbers, you know, and then come back to the table and say, this is our value now, you know? So yeah, it, it, they might want to sign now. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know if you're, if you're the TV to- provider. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you're the TV provider, get it, get it in ink now. All this is fascinating to me because, you know, growing up, I, we didn't like cable TV had just started in the, in the mid eighties and, you know, the conferences you were at the conferences, not because of their television contracts, because other other reasons. It's it, I I think it's terrible some of it, but it's also fascinating to watch it because you're seeing just like America at its finest. You saw you saw the Big Twelve completely eat up. I'm sorry, the, I'm sorry, the Big Ten completely eat up the Pac-12, and and you know you I guess some people would argue that the SEC did that to the Big Twelve. I don't know, but you're seeing this this you know competition on all these levels, and it's kind of kind of fascinating. Even though I don't like, I want to see Bedlam every year. I want to see the the great rivalries every year. Yeah, I think they shoot out. Also, I I do too. But I think Coach sent a meme right when that was going through, and it was just like, what is USC going to do when they see three tight ends out out on the field? Like, I want to see that. I want to see Ohio State USC. I want to see Ohio State get their shit kicked in by USC. I don't even like USC. I just want to see two new teams beat them. Yeah. So it, it does create a variety that I really like, but at the expense of games like the bad bum and stuff like that. Yeah, no. And I, I'm I, like, I, I feel like, yeah, coach is, is right. Where in that capacity, like I kind of hope, I kind of hope like Iowa fucks them up. You know what I mean? <laughs> I kind of hope like, Hey, yeah. Here's HB dive 300 times a game. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's raining. It's yeah. 40 degrees. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you hate it here. Oh, I, mean, it, it, I hope, I, I hope the big 12 and, or, or, you know, pac 12 or whatever we have ACC, whatever, whatever. I hope I, I I'm on their side, man. I don't want to see an NFL in college football. You know what I mean? Like I want to see college football the way that, that, that I've known it my whole life. And I, I hate when TV execs, are calling the shots because I don't think they have a, a pulse on the fan. I think your average TV exec's probably no. not a huge college football fan, and I think it's bad for the sport. But 
only time will tell if, if, cause I, I also do believe with coach said, I think there could be a, sh- a chance where USC and UCLA are regretting this. You let another generation go forward. Shit. When I started watching college football, you know, late eighties, early nineties, LSU was dog shit. LSU was not good, right? There were certain teams. You let that, you know, what, what if USC becomes that? And then all of a sudden that maybe the pac 10 or pac 12 or whatever it is can sustain itself or the big 12, and maybe Oklahoma State and Oregon become this this blue blood now, you know, and then all of a sudden they'll be regretting that they left. I don't know because that's a ton of money they'll have in the meantime. But I, 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 I hope I hope that we are right on that side. I think with the landscape changing, you hit the nail on the head. There's there's opportunity wide open for some new people at the top. And I think that your Colorado's, your Oklahoma State's, your, your yeah, USC. Because all of the college football teams, is oh, it's is, wide it's open. Been a three three horse race for the last twelve years, and well, we need good news, we need some of this. The good news about that is is they're going to take everybody that's in that that hor- that three horse race, and they're going to put them in the same race. So they're going to yeah. knock each other out. They're literally going to beat on each other all year long. And you got the auto bids. You take a yeah. team like like look. I would love personally as a guy that's rooted for Colorado a lot of my life. I would like them in the Big 12. They should have never left for the Pac-12, right? Uh, I agree. But at the same time, if you ask me right now, like I would rather see them play Kansas State and Oklahoma State. But if I was their athletic director or pre- school president, <laughs> and you said, hey, come to the Big 12 is more stable and we have a better TV deal, I'd say, nope. No, uh, I want to win games. Pac-12's got an auto bid. Pac-12's got an auto bid. And all I have right. to do is beat Oregon and Washington, who might not even be there. Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. So oh, the easier road is to stay yes. where you're at. And you got the auto bid. So you can kind of Gonzaga that thing into the playoff every mm-hmm. year. Now, unfortunately, see in college basketball, Gonzaga is a mid-major. This is an auto bid at a power. Right. So it's a shitty power right now because of the uh, the way things are, are, are shaking out. But man, you let Dion land enough five stars. They start dominating. And then yeah. you build 10 years of culture of them making the college football playoff and right. or winning a national championship or sh- something like that. Right. And, and then all of a sudden, guess what? You're going to have people donating more money to the school. And then all of a sudden you will have a brand new blue blood and USC might be saying shit, you know? So yeah, we missed a boat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. What, what did we do? Well, I got one more story. This is really impressive. Uh, we're, we do a segment called Local MVP about uh, high school kids who are achieving incredible things. This is a kid in Kentucky. This hasn't happened since 1956 in the state of Kentucky. Lyon County junior guard Travis Perry has now scored over 4,000 points. He's a junior. Four-star recruit. He currently has 17 scholarship offers. He's the 87th ranked player in the 2024 recruiting class. Colby, what does that mean? 87. That sounds. I mean, that means you're good. It means you're very good. <laughs> and uh, see, I think, I think football has more misses in the top 100 than basketball. I think basketball, you pretty much are going to get a good player there. Now he might not be. I mean, 87. I feel like any anyone top like 150 to me, you're going to be a good player. You know what I mean? Like very rarely do they, are they t- just terrible? Whereas in football, I feel like you'll get a, uh, you'll get some quarterbacks that never see the, I remember like Dan Kendra or, you know, so there's certain guys that were huge recruits that you barely ever saw the field. 
You uh, gotta be the only person who remembers Dan Kendra. He went to Florida. Yeah, Florida State. Florida State. Florida State. Yeah, that's yeah. right. It was yeah. a big. It was that was a big deal. That was the number one recruit, man. He ended up. He, he ended up being a fullback. Yeah, isn't that hilarious? <laughs> I mean, quarterback to fullback. Have yeah. You, have you heard Jim Harbaugh's analysis on Arch Manning? No. Jim Harbaugh, see, I, I don't know if you guys like him or not, but here's one thing I do believe. I think he's a great judge of skill and talent, okay. right? Uh, he said he's only number one recruit because of the Manning name. He goes, to me, he's a, he's a good three-star. But he spins the ball. Did you see him spin the ball yeah. before he throws it? That's he, fucking I love cool. That. That's, like, that's such a Harbaugh thing. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> that's the perfect Texas recruit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and so Harbaugh's like Harbaugh and Harbaugh played quarterback in the NFL, man. So he I mean, yes, he had he luck. You know, he's had some guy he's had some guys. So I, I thought that was pretty substantial of him saying that. Now, I still think, like we said, the value of getting Arch Manning for your program, even if he never takes a snap, bringing in all these other recruits, probably a great thing for Texas or a great problem to have. But I find that very interesting, uh, with, with Jim Harbaugh's comments there, because I, I do I do believe he would probably know more than most. Knows more than I do. All right. Holy shit. Hour eight. We got to wrap this thing up. Colby still got to give us all the college basketball winners for tomorrow. So uh, we'll let you get to that. Thank all the people. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We truly do appreciate it. Thank you, Colby, for making time for us. This was a lot of fun. We're all a lot smarter for it. We encourage you to tell your friends, share the show on social media. Maybe send us one of those five-star reviews I'm always going on about. Go to PatriotSportsNow.com, find all of our stuff, follow the show at Patriots Pod on Twitter, share the show with the cool people in your life, not the dicks. Until next time, be good to each other. Chris, kick the outro music. You've been listening to Patriot Sports Radio. If you're sick of all the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media, like we are, this show is for you. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. For more content and merch, hit up www.patriotsportsnow.com. Find us on Twitter at Patriots Pod, on Instagram and Facebook at Patriots Sports Now, and on Getter, Rumble, and YouTube at Patriots Sports. Take care, and we'll see you next time. 